what conditions are stipulations. Feel open your off cute. Okay. <laughs> Does it work? I'm super. Um, I'm good. Do you know who's having a super normal week this week? Who's that? America? Um, yes, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking more specifically American evangelicals are having a oh. real normal oh. one this week. As They're always. never really not having a normal <laughs> right, one. Like, what does a normal week look like for them? Because I imagine very similar. So I don't I'm I'm very tapped into this whole subculture of Americana that yep. I was raised in the church. And so when these things pop up, I'm always sort of interested. It's interesting even if you're not dialed in. Sure. So I can't imagine. Because it's always very lively. You know how we were we were both into kind of emo music growing up. <laughs> growing up, I mean. <laughs> now. Well. But <laughs> As a as an adult, you know when you, you after you've left a subculture, um, so like ska, like scene ska, or ska. exactly, yeah, yeah. ska, okay. um, goth, whatever stage you happen to go through, slash in our case, are still going through. Um, <laughs> you know, whenever like news that's related to that specific thing comes up, you're like, oh yeah, oh brother, what's happening in ska these days? Yep, <laughs> ska drama is the most fascinating kind, classic, of drama. right? So I follow, like, Right Wing Watch, which does a lot of coverage of big televangelist pastors with radio shows where they talk about how um, hip-hop is infecting your children with demons Still, damn it. through yeah. their headphones, and you have to throw their AirPods in the toilet. Otherwise, they're going to get some kind of uh, dark spirit attached to them. Um, but the only effective way to kill the spirit, though, just so everybody knows, is you have to flush it down the toilet, like Brooke said, because if you just throw it out, they can get out of there. And yeah, they know they're like ear. snakes, like in your plumbing. Yeah. You have to pour bleach down yes. the toilet after you. It's flush like a them. homing device. They'll find yeah. their way back to the. They'll sneak their way back up through pop culture and or Harry Potter mm-hmm. and or uh, music that Tipper Gore doesn't like. Topical anyway, ref. <laughs> thank you. I love Sorry. to be relevant. Love to be relevant. Precious so, headlines. The thing that was going on in this subculture after the 2020 presidential election was Big called in favor of Joe up. Biden, evangelist pastors <laughs> swiftly began to lose their shit. I think it already started, to be fair. I don't know why. Well on their way. We've talked about the phenomena of uh, evangelicals loving Trump for some reason. I don't really understand. The hate is what's uniting. It's not the... I think that's what it is, because if you're making a priority list, it's the hate for women and gays, et cetera, et cetera, um, that comes first. It's not the adherence to, like, no sex outside of marriage. I guess so. Um, Again, as someone who's been 18 years in that culture, I really, I still don't, I don't get it. But um, (laughs) also probably tax breaks for churches. I'm guessing that's... That's a huge thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm guessing that's probably up there. Um, but yeah, so the leaders of this, of this community, uh, I started with Paula White, who's Donald Trump's spiritual advisor, who is a huge grifter who okay. takes money from poor people by emotionally manipulating them and telling them that um, they are going to further the kingdom of God if they give her money, and she spends it on things like third houses and private jets and, um, you know, the Lord's you work. You could be describing so many people 
Oh yeah, I mean, this honestly. is a lot of yeah, a lot of people within the movement. But she preys on poor minority communities. She's a mm-hmm. charismatic pastor. It's really disgusting. Anyway, the first video was of her <laughs> talking, and you'll pro- you probably saw this one because it kind of it got it got turned. It into got remixed many, a couple got times. Remixed. Yeah, yeah. Um, got the Calvin Harris treatment, and she was like, "Lord." You must strike and strike and strike and strike over and over again at, um, yeah. I guess the lie that Joe Biden had won. I don't know exactly what she was striking. I, I mean, feel like general anger. I don't know. The libs. But, yeah, the libs. Midas. Lord, you must own the libs. And then, and then there was Michelle Bachman. When Brooke brought her up, I was like, I forgot that she existed. And I was honestly perfectly happy having forgotten that she existed. But here she is rearing her demonic little head again. She um, she ran for president in 2012. Republican but she was did not win, obviously. Like I when Tea Party eyes. was still fringe. So it was still like weird to have these super socially regressive beliefs that now I think have kind of taken over the whole party. But... I remember at the time being like, damn, there's going to be a schism within the Republican Party because this is such a big difference between... No, like, it just ate it up. It's like, oh, no, it just consumed it. That's all right. There we go. So she's back. She released a video you. of herself praying, and she was like, Lord, please smash the delusion that Joe Biden is our president, which this was after he won. This was after the race was called by... Many different outlets, including Fox News. (laughs) So there are delusions here, but Joe Biden being president-elect is not one of them. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're already laboring under one. All good, girl. Um, and then the third one that kind of that the one that freaked me out the most was there was this um mega church pastor. I can't coherently express to you the disgust I have for megachurch pastors in general. Like Joel Osteen-esque? Yeah. The pastors who are, like, this close to just becoming Jonestown, you know? Yes. Like, they're, they usually have some, some form of prosperity gospel, but... Yeah, for sure. I thought that when you were talking about the Trump advisor gal, too. Yeah, it's... it's like you're capitalizing on something that is inherently supposed to be, like, sackcloth and ashes if you're living by the threshold which i think is a difficulty for organized religion in general because it's like damn we have to make money but also our books say that that's a sin so there's there's a fundamental disagreement there right but they don't they just ignore they just just ignore ignore, that even though the majority of jesus's message was about the virtue of poverty and how being rich actively makes it harder for you to get to heaven and how you should there are so many verses about um, new testament how in the new testament that it's easier for a camel to pass the eye of a needle and a rich man to get into heaven apparently um these people have just never read those or just don't care about them who needs that when i make heaven on earth with all my money who needs that when i can put lord's man on a vanity plate and put it on the back of my brand new camaro Mm, and wear gucci shoes which a lot of them do number one dad anyway um so he was preaching to his Huge churches. It's all filmed. The televangelist part is it has to be broadcast out. And I always find it on like Sundays when I'm skipping channels. It's always on somewhere. Love to see what they're up to. Love Mm -hmm. to see what they're up to. But he was like, he said, the media have all declared that 
Biden is our new president. And then he started laughing, but it was a very fake, like contrived laugh. It was like, it was like, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, he like started that, but it wasn't just like, a, and then his, his uh, congregation started laughing with him. That's so scary. But it went on for so long. And it sounded so unnatural for him. But that is Jonestown. I don't know <laughs> and what the line is. Congregation is like, like, yeah. It's, there's a point where it's like, that you but then, are literally sheep following yeah, yeah. what this guy is doing and saying, even though he looks and sounds batshit insane. But you, okay, so this can be, by the way, this is exceedingly persuasive. I'm wow. Mackenzie Brennan. I'm Brooke Rogers. Welcome to Evangelical Watch Hour. Oh, God. We got a little lost, but I was going to say this is a good leap, actually, to our main topic, which is going to be what happens now. Um, The election has been called for Joe Biden. It is not ended in Trump's favor. He's really mad about that, uh, and he's taken everybody with him. So we're going to go through some of the stuff that we... If you were on our Twitch stream over the, when was that? At the end of last week? uh, It was Saturday. Yeah, the day it was called. By the way, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Um, It was our first time streaming, and it was so much fun, and we're going to do it again. Um, Probably the week of Thanksgiving, we'll do a couple, and we'll tell you when they're scheduled. But you can watch our old one at twitch.tv slash xx persuasive. And you know what's really fun about that? No. So... When I was little, I used to do the National Geography Bee, and this <coughs> I so many friends, uh, but so I got really into this little tiny South Pacific country called Tuvalu, just like a little baby island. Its capital is Funafuti, and its main source of income is that it owns the domain um, .tv, and so anytime that somebody wants to use a website that's like something.tv which twitch is twitch.tv they have to pay tuvalu money um so oh, hell like, yeah hey, tuvalu let's uh, tuvalu, get, get in paid. their bag making that yeah. bank buddy i love it love it right so um anyways yeah you can still watch our election stream um but if you did this might sound a little repetitive, except that some... We're going to get into not... Oh, yeah, a lot of new information <laughs> that happened since. We're going to talk a little about what we talked about in the stream, but we are also going to have a lot of other information because a lot has happened yeah. since Saturday. It is now yeah. uh, halfway through the week, about Wednesday. About? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow's my birthday. <gasps> Happy birthday, my Scorpio queen. Oh, yay, thank you. Yeah, so we're going to talk about where things were left, Recounts to come, what happens if the winner of the Electoral College is not recognized by any number of entities, whether that be the Senate, the party, I don't fucking know. Judiciary. Judiciary, for sure. Some of the lawsuits, too, are fun to watch. Um, In fact, that's one of the developments since our Twitch stream is that even more of the Trump administration's lawsuits have gotten tossed out because the judiciary is pretty relatively objective as branches go. Stop wasting our time. What are you doing? You have nothing to show us. Get out of here. Um, Very busy people. Yeah. And then also like the transition of power. So is there a prescribed procedure 
if somebody just doesn't leave. Um, and it's actually less prescribed than one would think, than I honestly thought. As usual, there's no blueprint when it comes to the Trump administration. Because, yeah, because like, as we've said so many times with Trump, nobody has been this brazen before. Nobody has just had no facts, no procedure, no precedent, um, no evidence in their favor and just been like, no. So uh, that was always kind of like- Digging his heels in. Yeah. So as we talked about on the stream, uh, there were five states, uh, by Saturday, there were five states that were still up in the air that were going to make or break the election. It was Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. And yes, we've discussed Nevada, Nevada on the stream, which it is Nevada. And I'm Nevada. dying on that hill. All right. You're from and, the region. I'll believe you. Oh. I don't know. So the, I guess I'll take your word for it, that quote unquote Nevada exists. Um, I've never seen it. <laughs> never Sorry. been there. I've seen no proof. Uh, the, entire, the entire state is just a psyop so that the uh, CIA hey, you can know keep all their aliens on in an imaginary place. No one actually lives there. It's definitely a thought. Um, the, yes, sorry, five states, North Carolina, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. Uh, by oh, and Saturday, Alaska was outstanding, but that's always as that's we talked the last about, one it's to call. It's three electoral votes. It literally it goes red. It's no going to take a long-ass time to decide, yeah. Um, so the uh, as it stood on Saturday right before the votes, so I'll say this, Friday night we were waiting around to see um, if they would call it or not. At that point, you and I both agreed that yeah. it was in the, bag. the election was over because yeah. uh, the paths to victory were that Joe Biden needed to win two of the outstanding smaller states, meaning North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, or Arizona, mm -hmm. or Pennsylvania, either one of those, and he would take the election. And any combination thereof after that. So obviously, right. like... More than that was great, but he had the permutation. There were 27 different options for Biden to win mm -hmm. state combination-wise, and there were four for Trump. And that's right. Trump needed to win three of the smaller states and Pennsylvania. And that's uh, a lot. That's as of Friday night, Biden was leading in every state except for North Carolina. Um, mm -hmm. It ended up that Trump did take North Carolina, but Biden took Pennsylvania and its 20 electoral votes, which is huge, and that's all he needed to yeah. win. And that's when the election was called, but he was also leading in Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia. As so, he still is. Um, as he still is, yeah. put him over 270, which was the number you need to win. So let's just, to be clear, for everyone who's listening on this podcast, Joe Biden has won the election. He won um, the popular vote with more than anybody in history, and he definitely won the electoral college with room to spare so so he is comfortably the winner he is the president-elect um, yeah long before the election even took place trump had been sowing the seeds of doubt over mail-in ballots um I mean, and he did this in 2015 even like if we track his presidential ugh, candidate career he has done it at any point before there's a chance that he won't win. So with Hillary he's setting up the deck for himself. Yeah, oh yeah. With Hillary Clinton in 2016, when it was projected that she would win so easily, he was already saying, like, if she wins, I 
might not accept the results because it'll only be by fraud. Uh, so he kind of, he lays this groundwork out there. I don't know why anybody's surprised that he's following it this time, but yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of rhetoric from his, um, I would say less intellectually impressive supporters. <laughs> Euphemism. <laughs> Who are saying, um, I don't believe the election results because I saw the boat parades. I saw the beautiful voters and I saw people with big trucks with Trump flags hanging off of them. And I saw the huge super spreader rallies where everyone kept getting <laughs> abandoned in parking lots to die. Oh, and there were so many people. And how could he, Trump lose when I've been well, seeing all, all of these signs? He killed half of them off. That's going to deplete your number. If you kill, two, if, yeah, if you allow 200,000 people to die the year that you're elected, that's and probably going down. to affect your, the outcome of the election. Um, on top of that, yeah. I mean, sorry, bud. The idea that um, I saw a person an, who supports Trump, or like a lot of people, so it must not be real. Are you? Well, different? there's also the, the <laughs> fact that for so many Trump supporters, uh, Trump is an identity, whereas Biden supporters, you don't really see. Like, there are people who will obviously wear like Biden T-shirts, but like. They don't put giant Biden signs on their Which is uh, enormous that's, truck with a 16-inch lift kit. Like, that's not what culty. they do. It, and it has gotten culty. Thus the – and I guess I never officially said this is the transition, but when you're talking about, like, this is close to Jonestown, and I see these people who just, like, will follow and, like, start nodding their head at anything, and yeah. it's become an identity, I'm like, well, I don't know if it's that weird because look how easily um, our country – or like a decent percentage of our country fell into the machinations of of yeah, liking Trump is like, not a goddamn personality bullish, trait. Yeah, They've never gotten through their heads that that's the case. Like it's for them, it, it it's like being a part of a special club where and you don't uh, have to know anything. You don't have to do your research. You don't have to have nuanced takes. You just get to blame. Well, it's not even people. about that. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't even think it's like I don't I'm, think not, it's even, I'm not even arguing on ideology. I'm just saying that they it comes with merch and it comes with the <laughs> it comes with the side effect of pissing a lot of people off and yeah. telling a lot of people about your like who you are. But it's like, like, I don't we know. wear band merch, you know, like, well, I'll, like, I'll wear a Misfits t-shirt or like a Modest Mouse t-shirt. And for me, I'm like signaling something about myself, right? I'm signaling that I like those bands for yeah, Trump supporters. Not die for that shit. Are you? No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to die yeah, for no, Isaac no. Brock. It's a, he's a nice guy, but no, thank you. I might die for Nick Jonas. And I'm, I'm sorry about that. For Nick Jonas? Yeah, weird, weird move, right? I didn't see that one coming. I'm not going to lie. He doesn't seem like your type. He's very stocky. Oh, he got stockier with time. But he's muscly stocky. You could knock him over. You're talking about a younger Nick Jonas? I used to be so into the What age range are we talking about? Like 21, 22? Oh, like 15. Well, Mackenzie, that's illegal. No, when I was 15, he was also 15. He is like uh, two months older than I am. So we're good. Okay, that's fine. But yes, yeah, I bet you maybe. didn't didn't see that one coming, huh? No, I would have paid you mm. for more of a, a a Joe gal. Oh yeah, now for sure. But now he has a whole ass daughter, so that's crazy. Everybody, a lot of them do. Kevin does too. Kevin God, was never. I feel first so choice. old. No, Kevin well, his wife never. maybe. That's very sweet. 
Well, do you yeah, think so? as types go, Nick Jonas is much more my type than yours, and I don't really find That's that attractive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that just locked in early for me, so. But yeah, Formative. it crafts your outlook. But yeah, even with that diehard enthusiasm, I wouldn't die for Nick Jonas, and I probably wouldn't even have then, even as a hormone-raging 15-year-old fan of the no. Jonas Brothers, and yet yeah. here we are. Our is there a musician who you would die for? Phoebe Bridgers. Mitski. Fiona Apple is very close. That's close. Yeah. Yeah. I would would do a lot to get with Connor Oberst, but I couldn't do that if I were dead. So it seems... Uh, uh, Once again. Connor Oberst, you would not. No, never. That is so such a far visceral reaction. Type. That is so funny. Um, okay, well, great. What's well, one less competitor? But yeah, more for you, I, I guess. Uh, and that was really my only stumbling block was you. So I hey, guess yeah, I'm, we, I'm yeah, you, <laughs> go go get it, girl. Yeah. Go get Connor over. I'm coming, Connor. <laughs> um, I got over my emo face. Just just now. Uh, okay, <laughs> so sorry. Back to the. But yeah, no, the point being that this is an identity for them. It's a fan thing, but it also is beyond a fan thing because politics, if you're that deep into it, and I say that as somebody pretty deep in politics, um, it really can consume all elements of your life because Trump is saying like, so-and-so is at fault for why you're unhappy on the most fundamental levels. So that's it. I mean, it's a really scary, it's an authoritarian strategy. It's a, a demagogue sort of move. You rally people without a real message and you get their thinking ability to kind of take a little nap. Yeah. I think more, I think more importantly, you know, he is an entertainer and he, he obviously knows how to draw people to him. I think that he's very charismatic when he wants to be. And, um, yeah, he just hit all the right buttons for a lot of people. He doesn't take no for an answer. And I think we're seeing that now He's been doing this thing of just like whining and bullying until he gets his way for his entire life in different industries. And it honestly has worked for him. So what message does he have to not do it with the election, regardless of evidence, regardless of the outcome? Like, just right, be like, because nope, he's been able to lie. bullshit his it's way worked. through so many through bankruptcies. His entire business mm-hmm. is basically putting his name on other people's buildings that they've built um, through his, his casinos them. failings, through Trump University. It's all been scams. Like, now he's just scamming his way. Women and then just being like, nope, didn't do it. Even denying after he was caught on tape saying he was. So it's like, it's this idea that he really can't, he really it does just scam his way out of these situations. And now he's president. So it got in there. Why would he stop now? This is the only way he knows how to react to anything. This is the yeah. only only Kobe mechanism it, he has is, well is just to it. deny, deny, deny until that becomes reality. He, it's it's the uh, if you repeat a lot a big enough lie often yeah. enough it becomes true. That's yeah, what Trump is doing. Certainly the king of that. I will give him credit for that. So, um, do we want to talk a little bit about what happens if he doesn't concede? Because that's been a question that a lot of people have had, and honestly. Uh, I had it, and I think a lot of other legal and constitutional scholars had it because it's never happened before. So it it's is the that, final frontier, baby. We're blazing trails out here, fucking Oregon space. Trail. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So let's see here. I saw a good summary, and honestly, when Brooke and I were looking this up beforehand, uh, it's really scary. There are a fair amount of articles that 
predicted this very thing and people yes. kind of writing what's going to happen because he definitely will not leave willingly. We knew this would happen. Our election infrastructure as it is, is so weak. It has been so susceptible to the, the, the way that we, the way that we elect and decide on leaders in this country has been fraying at the edges for a while. Mm. And I think that now we're just seeing the fruits of that, especially with coronavirus affecting how people can vote. Um, and yeah. with mail-in ballots, it, the, the, it all draws into question. It makes it easier for Republicans to say that this has been rigged. Not that they wouldn't anyway, but it's it all... It all adds up to the same conclusion, which is that they are just going to um, continue beating the drum that this is not, the outcome of this election is not legitimate and that voters actually picked Trump. And the fact that Biden won was the work of Democrats fixing the system. With no evidence for it. Uh, in fact, the one source of evidence that they did have was some some guy in Pennsylvania who ended up admitting very quickly once the lawsuit actually came to the dismissal phase that he was paid off by Republicans. Um, so that was cool. But I think We've seen the, Republicans fall in line, though. We've seen I know. Senate Majority Mitch McConnell. And we'll get there for sure. And so maybe the transition from this that will be good, and we can cut this out, but because we'll get to how Bush versus Gore was different versus not, and then maybe that can get us to recounts, And because uh, that was the last time we did a recount, and it was... Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, it you was one hop into Gore? Yeah, okay. So I'll actually... I'll start out with what we do usually in terms of concessions, and, and honestly, this did even happen with Bush versus Gore. The reason that we don't... That was likely as close as we've gotten uh, countrywide. There was, like... A disputed election between Rutherford B. Hayes and somebody named Tilden in 1876. That was like a, that technically was a more similar situation, but it was resolved more easily. Um, but in our memory, certainly we have the Supreme Court deciding the Bush versus Gore election in 2000 based on a recount in Florida and a very small margin of uh, one one hundredth of one percent of voters. So it was like within the hundreds of people. So it, it, we'll get to this a little bit later about recounts, but it's a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gore, obviously, once the Supreme Court ruled and essentially decided that election, uh, Gore conceded and said, you know, the the election has been decided and I concede and I wish him the best. And so yay, dignity, yay, cohesion and uh, no civil war. Um, but a lot of the articles that predicted that this would happen said that it's going to come down to the judiciary, the military and the media if Trump refuses to concede because the judiciary is kind of the, the last relatively respected arbiter of these things. The military would be the entity. That would um, be enforcing uh, whether who was actually in the overall office. Yeah. Leaving the building. Um, And then the media being so important in terms of covering what's happening in these electoral counting rooms and. And how the public uh, views what is actually going on, which is why it's so important that uh, so many outlets, including yeah. Fox News, have all called yeah. the race for Biden. Um, there are people on Fox sick. News who have, are refusing to uh, say that he won. However, Ridiculous. the majority of them 
And the, 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 the position of the network itself is that Biden is the president, uh, president-elect. And in fact, Cavuto, Neil Cavuto, one of the, um, one of the hosts, actually cut off Kaylee McEnany, who is Good. the uh, press, press secretary, secretary yeah. because she started talking about how um, votes were being stolen and there was voter fraud. And he said, we can't show you this because there's no evidence of this. In good faith, there's no, yeah. Yeah, and so um, until that, until they bring evidence to us that shows us what they're talking about, we're not go- going yeah. to show you what they're saying because they're good. lying. Yeah. So, so that that's like a good piece of it that the media has been pretty cohesive. We'll see because the media consensus is that Biden is president. We have seen some shifts with um, some of the Republican leadership in terms of consensus. So it's not set in stone, but um, I think that is good to start with. But in terms of procedures, because um, somebody had asked us on the stream about this like uh, TikTok video where somebody from 16 and Pregnant uh, was suggesting that Chanel Evans, yeah. Okay, yeah, was suggesting that um, it would come down to like some obscure procedure um, if Trump didn't concede. And part of that is true. I think what they're referring to now that I've thought about it and looked at my constitution. So the Twelfth Amendment is what prescribes the electoral college process, and I think they're actually talking about if you're familiar with the show Veep. Um, they're kind of talking about what happens if there is a mutually agreed upon consensus uh, tie of the Electoral College. Because do you remember when that happened and it ended up that Jonah decided the presidential election? Yes. Because they yeah. had to, yeah, they had to like that, go that large wet boy. Yes. Um, the person with the police sketch face. <gasps> the face of a police sketch of a rapist or some shit. So we're going to let... <laughs> The guy with the police sketch face and a rapist tell us what to do? Exactly. Well, they did in that episode of Veep, but that was more because um, there was a tie in the Electoral College. So that's where the 12th Amendment funnels uh, legitimately deadlocked Electoral College decisions. Um, That does not apply here. And I don't think, like, we can't get consensus from Trump's side number one. And even if we did, there's no version that ties it up. Uh, So I think that's kind of a non-issue here. But there are a couple different things that have tried to add procedures here. So there's something called the Electoral Count Act, and that did some other stuff about prescribing procedure. Um, There are other things that won't fully decide what the fuck we do if we don't have an answer. But one thing that's very important, and it can give us a date to look at, is the safe harbor date. So that will be December 8th. And so there are kind of two stages to this whole count, or maybe arguably three. So there's the vote counting in the states, and that's what happened and is happening kind of now. Like that's what was called um, as the prospective number of electoral votes, the tallying up of the popular vote, that's the November thing. And that has to happen before the electoral vote, which is mid-December. So that's kind of the second slash first step. Mm-hmm. And then the final step will be Congress counting the votes of the states in January. And that's the official thing where everybody decides and recognizes who the president is. But so this uh, safe harbor date, which is December 8th, is... It takes place before the Electoral College meets for that December vote of the electors. 
And all court challenges have to be resolved by that date, so by December 8th. And if states certify their results by then, their validity must be accepted by Congress. So that kind of gives us a fail-safe. And the irony is that even though I think you're right that procedures have been fraying and faith in the system has been eroding, uh, and there are a lot of issues, like the Electoral College in general is arguably an issue, we actually have a lot more steps in terms of third-party people who can concede and who can right. check. And the fact that it's a two-plus-month process is another kind of factual check on the thing. So that is going to be a huge thing because if the states come out and they say, look, we've looked at these things, we've done the recounts, we have had hand counting, we promise you there is no intervention, that has to be accepted by Congress. Um, again, what the penalty is, like with so many Trump things, if Congress doesn't accept it, certainly the House will, um, but McConnell's Senate, who knows? But it, it narrows the number of Republicans because they serve the states that they come from, even in the Senate. So like Mitt Romney, for example, is he really going to say that I'm going to turn against Utah's certification? No. Um, even Martha McSally still serving and not yet potentially officially being voted out of Arizona, she's not going to not certify what came right. out of Arizona. So that's, that's kind of a, a huge opportunity for things to get shored up. And it gives us a date to look at. So that's December 8th. And then um, there, for the January stage of counting the electoral votes, there is another opportunity for people to break ranks and kind of force concession from the president because simply numbers won't be there. Um, so the House and Senate meet separately if there's any sort of dispute. And so in that sort of adjudication process, a number of senators or representatives can break rank then right. and concede and resolve the dispute in favor of the other party who won. So, um, Beyond that, though, it's going to come down to um, military force. And I think this is why Trump has been messing with the Pentagon, because he wants that branch of decision making to be on his side, just like he got the judiciary in line as well. Um, yeah, but well, we're you seeing, either uh, just to explain like what's actually going on with that, um, the Trump administration has basically decapitated the civilian leadership and structure at the Pentagon. And awesome installed national threats. Like, yeah, it's, we're super it, weak right now. And it looks it looks incredibly weak, and it looks incredibly bad to anyone who might want to do us harm. Um, scary. He though. installed acting officials who seem to be loyal to him, which is obviously obviously setting off alarm bells because there's no real reason mm -hmm. why he'd be doing that this late in the administration, except to bring the Defense Department to heel. And this is very worrisome considering so the rhetoric that he's put forward um in the last uh the last couple of weeks because it does seem like he's trying to rally to the defense department around him which makes me think that someone is in his ear telling him if yeah. you really don't want to get dragged out on the you know you out of the rose sure garden no drag you yeah your nails in the lawn um then you need to have the military on your side and newsflash a lot of the top guys up until this point at the Pentagon did not like Trump and did not work with him well. So we saw uh, Mark Esper, who is the, um, he was the head 
he was the head of the DOD. He got pushed out. And then next in line. Do you have what he said too? Because that was really chilling. His quote? No, what did he say? It was something along the lines of, if, if he's getting rid of me, it's just going to be a yes man who takes my place and then God help us. And it was. He put a loyalist in, in uh, his place who has worked with him <sighs> and been uh, cooperative with him in the past. So it's um, an attempt, obviously, just like the judiciary has been an attempt with he, Coney Barrett. Uh, his replacement was Anthony Tata, who is a retired army um, brigadier general and Fox News guest who was placed <gasps> in the Pentagon amid controversy. Hey, yeah, Fox he will News. lead the, pe- the Penasys policy shop for the remainder of the Trump administration following the exit of James Anderson. Oh, I'm sorry. He replaced James Anderson, who was okay. Mark Esper's chief of staff. And then... Um, oh, I see. So he, like, had a little baby interim. Okay, that's right. Gotcha. And then I, I believe two other people who were at the top of uh, the DOD also uh, resigned following, following Mark Esper's uh, exit. So this has okay. been... So he's trying to make the military piece fall in line with him so that there is literally nobody to drag him. Now, this does not necessarily mean that it would work because uh, in order for there to be a full military-style coup, um, not only would (laughs) the very top of the DOD have to fall in line, but a lot of people under them would as well. Now they could just by nature of following whatever we were following orders. Yeah, but they, the, the likelihood that branch to do that. But. Yeah, absolutely. But the likelihood that everyone would um, would fall into line is pretty small. I think what we're what we're going to see more likely see, and what's really been happening now, is a much more um, bureaucratic attempt. To take over. Certainly that first. And so we'll see how that goes and how opinions change. And right now they're, they're doing evolves. that through yeah. the recounts. They're trying to delegitimize uh, mail-in ballots. They're saying that dead people are voting, which they're not. They're saying that uh, there was widespread voter fraud, which there's no evidence of. And so like, it's, it's very likely... And then and that's where we saw Mitch McConnell fall in line was that he mm-hmm. said, you know, well, the president is owed a recount if there's nothing to... I mean, which know, is there's fair. There's nothing to find, there's nothing to find, whatever. Like, yeah. And so that I actually think, when I heard him say that, I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. Um, that is technically correct. I think that we could have used more strident language, but never expected anything like courage or veracity from Mitch McConnell. So what are you going to do? He was always going to do his best for him. To hit the recount procedure, like technically he does. States have different laws, but there are different margins that militate sometimes in favor of a recount if you're within a certain number of votes. So um, states simply are going to do what their law dictates. And if he's within the dictates of their law, and request a recount, yeah, he's entitled to it. Sometimes the person requesting it, I think in Nevada is one of them, has to pay. So that's kind of fun. Like they Mm -hmm. have to subsidize the recount efforts, which is, um, I do enjoy the possibility of Trump's pockets being drained further by just like proving him to be the loser. Um, Yeah, we saw that with uh, Jill Stein in 2016. She tried to, she fundraised for a... uh, Mm -hmm. Um, a recount. I think that money was was not spent where it was supposed to go. I think there was a no. lawsuit about that later. <laughs> that you can't trust Jill Stein with the GoFundMe. 
but uh, that's what's happening in a lot of states now. Um, yeah, and some of them he is within the margin where you count. Uh, like, like I said, there is some variance in like the percentage of winning margin that allows for a recount in different states. Some of them you can request it if you're within the margin. Some of them there's an automatic if it's within the margin. But just to underscore the the risk of that to the actual outcome of the election. So the Bush versus Gore election, which was very close in terms of electoral votes and came down to Florida, um, to give some peace of mind to people. So the number of recounts that are happening or will happen is, it, it's a lot of states. I know that Arizona is going to be in that margin. Georgia is already starting like a hand recount. Wisconsin and Michigan, I think, are doing it. And Nevada as well. Um, I don't know how Pennsylvania works, but obviously that's going to be grounds for contest. because No one knows how Pennsylvania works. Pennsylvania doesn't even know how Pennsylvania we works. We know it. And why, why are they going to be like that? But we like them. It's fine. Um, but so... All of those states are, the margin of victory for Biden is, I believe in all of them, above 10,000 votes. The only one I'm not certain on is uh, Georgia. But it's, it's certainly in the thousands, definitely, easily in favor of Biden. So what recounts entail is usually like manually checking a lot of things that were automated. So it tends to reduce the chances of error Florida being the immortal hanging chads example. Right. Um, so it, it's like manually rechecking. It usually just favors accuracy. But the Florida election was, I think, 500 votes and change difference. In an event, that was one state with 500-ish votes different. Now we have like five states within the tens of thousands different in each one. So, so it's much harder to make a case that it's uh, be goes to the Supreme almost Court. impossible for that to change. And for it to change the outcome too, because like the likelihood of the states flipping is so slim. There, since 2000, there have been like 31 requests for recounts and only three actually changed the outcome of the state. And that's the state, not the election. Obviously, it didn't change right. the election in any. So yeah, the recounts, I think, in a practical sense, are not going to change anything. It's just going to be stomping feet and maybe, maybe fabrication of evidence of fraud. And that's the only thing I do worry about is there's a lot of time for people to kind of have conversations and exchange money behind the scenes. And a representative in Texas, I believe, a GOP representative in Texas has already... Um, come out and offered uh, one, I think a million dollar um, payout to anyone who can, who quote unquote brings forward evidence of voter fraud in the state, which is just a straight bribe. Um, and it's but, like weird citizen law enforcement terrifying because there's even less oversight on that kind yeah, of shit. Absolutely. Um, the lawsuits we've pretty much hit, like a lot of them are getting dismissed for lack of evidence uh, yeah. under that 12B6. Like you don't need to show all your evidence coming through the door, but you have to give us the kind of evidence that you're going to produce, that it exists, and the arguments you're going to make. So Trump's, so Trump's lawsuits are getting dismissed left and right because lawyers who are at least held to the bar um, don't want to lose their own careers. And so they're like, eh, yeah, we don't they're have any They're not going to put their evidence. necks out for him. Yeah. Uh, they certainly learned their lesson from the likes of uh, Michael, what's his name? Michael Cohen. 
like people lose their law licenses when they work for him, even though yeah. Barr is going to go down with the ship and who fucking knows. Uh, yeah, I think that was kind of the, the gist of things that I wanted to hit. The only thing is that, yeah, the Supreme Court will be, I guess, technically a wild card that we might get to. I, it's interesting just seeing the topically unrelated ACA Obamacare arguments, because I listened to the oral arguments this week, and seeing that even the conservative court is not looking like it will fully fall in line with what he wants. Um, I think it's just so patently ridiculous, and they can see that. It, even though everyone in Trump land, yeah. yeah, everyone in Trump land is kind of fall in line, as we saw um, Kaylee McEnany and uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was responding to a question from a journalist earlier this week, and the journalist said, um, at what point does not acknowledging that Joe Biden won mean that we're going to have a um, chaotic transition into the next administration? And uh, Pompeo responded with, we will have a smooth transition into a second Trump administration, which is incredibly terrifying rhetoric to hear from the Secretary of State at this point. Um, by now, previously, White House officials and uh, the the administration would be not only conceding mm-hmm. with dignity, um, but doing what they can to welcome in the new uh, administration. In fact, well, they would I, have a transition plan, which Trump didn't even yeah. have because like he didn't even. He always knew he wasn't going to accept. He didn't yeah. think he was going to lose, and if he did lose, he wasn't going to accept it. That was always yeah. the plan. The plan was never for him it's to just leave. So fucking reckless! It's so reckless. Yeah. Well, so that they, would, yeah, that would require actually caring about the future of the United States and right. what happens to it, which he doesn't. So. No, it's just about his his stake in it. So that's um that's where we're at now. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to my home state of Arizona for uh, it looks like going blue, and also giving us another Senate seat for the Democrats. And so that's pretty Wyoming. Bad. Went red, as usual. Oh, I, ne- red. I never seen two pretty best friends. Arizona went blue. <laughs> Red, Wyoming went red. Uh, okay, so yeah, you can. Uh, we, we will keep you apprised of the situation as it moves forward. Obviously, um, stay safe if there's a coup. If there's a coup, uh, you know, remember your coup rules. Uh, arm yourself <laughs> like immediately. Like you were taught in school, put your head between your legs and kiss your butt goodbye. Chicken, uh, chicken run rules. Run. Chicken run rules. Chicken yeah. run rules for the coup. <laughs> watch chicken run over Thanksgiving. We should. That sounds to. great. Um, yeah, that's maybe that. you guys can watch with us on Twitch. What if we? We can see if that's possible. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find me at BKE Rogers on Twitter and Brooke Angeline on Instagram. Um, as always, DM us stuff you want to hear about. DM us your questions. DM us yeah, especially um, these days. You know memes that you find. I like those. Um, oh yeah, I'm running out of memes. I've been trying to post uh, like rundowns of election law and election updates and then now ACA case updates. So you can find those on my Instagram under XXP Crash Course in my stories. Um, and my Instagram is MKZ Joy Brennan. And then my Twitter is more disjointed, but it's get me to a nunnery with the number two. And yeah, so we're gonna definitely be on Twitch in the week of thanksgiving maybe we'll, we'll invite you because my, my birthday is uh my birthday is next week next week no the week after it's 26th of november it's on thanksgiving this year so we will do like a birthday are they a week apart something. yeah they're i think our birthdays apart. are they're about exactly, a week apart wait they're two no, they're exactly two, two weeks, weeks apart 
That yeah okay. Because so, that Scorpio Sagittarius cutoff is like is like the the week between. Yeah, right. so we'll hang out with you guys soon. Maybe we'll watch Hamilton finally with uh, the audience. Never gonna be president now. Never gonna be president now. Outro music is Little Victory Jam by the inimitable Alex Gay. It's a celebration of Donald Trump being so close to being out of our lives and collective consciousness. You can find it at Alex Day Music dot bandcamp.com alex a-l-e-x-d-a-y just like it sounds 